All right, John. Well, welcome back. Yeah, good to be here as always. Yeah. So we're gonna uh, work through uh, a little bit of solar. Um, I always want to say solar, but I think it's solar. Not sure. What have you? What do you uh, usually? I've call? always heard solar, but yeah. So maybe so, maybe so. That's one one thing, you know. Um, I, I'm gonna mention this in the other talk, but um, listening to like. John Schofield and um, folks who were like in the Miles Davis band and like with G Gary Burton, you know, when so when I heard him mentioning um, Coral, mm -hmm. you know, the way he pronounces it, that's kind of important to me for some reasons. Like, okay, yeah. he knew B Gary Burton personally. I don't know who wrote Coral, but I know he played that too. Yeah, um, I can't remember who wrote it, but um, but anyway. Let's get into solar a little bit, solar, yeah, and um, and talk it through. So one thing I try to I try to train myself on this as well as just talking to all my students is look at the upper left hand corner. Is it you know it's medium swing? Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's played pretty fast. Uh, One sixty five is actually I would say fairly up tempo. Yeah, that, that reasonably brisk tempo. Yeah, yeah. Um, the clef sign. This one's a little tricky because you have two systems. Yeah. Or you have two. Um, oh, two counter lines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're both in treble clef, so right. that can be a little, a little something to watch out for, um, because if you started on piano like I did as a as a young kid, you obviously read the bass on the bottom and then the right. treble on the top, so you have to kind of be. Question your assumptions always. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, treble clef, key signature. One thing I was talking to an elementary school student, it's like, what's the key signature? She said, there isn't one. Yes, there is one. <laughs> if it doesn't always. have any sharps or flats, it's still a key signature, unless you know it's some sort of non-tonal tune. Yeah, yeah, if you're playing Albert Ayler yeah. stuff where all the accidentals are written. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so in this case, we have three flats. So, um, you want to memorize some of these things, but you know, three flats. You immediately want to think either E flat major or C minor. Mm -hmm. So, those two, you just need to like that needs to be like boom, automatic. Yeah. And then on this tune, I've had students say, "Well, you know." Uh, I think it's in, you know, in this case, you know, could be in C minor because mm -hmm. um, the first chord is C minor. Yeah. Don't do that. Right. First chord really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's how it ends. In yeah. this case, it does end on C minor, mm -hmm. but it could just as easily end on E flat major. Yeah. So, and sometimes, sometimes it's, it's a little un, unclear mm -hmm. and you have these rules of thumb, you know, where you say, okay, well, if it ends on a certain chord, then probably. Right. <laughs> but where, where does your ear want to gravitate to? What note is it that it's going to gravitate, you know, towards? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I would tend to think it would be the C yeah. on this one. Um, yeah, especially as coming out of that, that last bar before the ending thing is a 2-5 mm -hmm. in C. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, we start out on the tune. We've got a C minor chord. So oftentimes uh, I'll think about 
this in terms of the tonic minor. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we have this suggested chord symbol, and in the melody, we have this B natural, so the minor major seven yeah. sound. Um, and then we're gonna have maybe kind of a minor six. Um, so C minor triad, it's kind of mm -hmm. interesting is that you can also have an E flat augmented triad. Yeah. There's a lot of places to go, but like you and I were saying off camera, uh, mm -hmm. this is kind of a triad-based tune. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's just sort of moving through the triads with some cool colors, like the major seven, mm -hmm. against the minor chord. Yeah, yeah. And check out the melody a little bit. We have okay, so we get that minor major seven right in there in the melody. Okay, and then we get this B flat. Okay, so we could think C minor seven. Right. So a little bit less of a tonic minor, maybe, but still could be. So you could have e, just E flat major. Yeah, it works fine. The C minor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get a little bit of a two, two five. The four chord. Now, a couple other little, just sort of things about this. Um, Form-wise, the number of measures being twelve. Mm -hmm. The four chord lands on where it typically does in a blues. Yeah. Um, so you might try to relate this a little bit to blues, um, or I might. I don't know. Do you? Do you I do. It, it's it really is kind of just a modified blues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Broadly. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting that it goes to to the four major. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's kind of cool. Um, so there you could have uh, E minor triad, or A minor triad. Right? You could go over the F. Spanish sounding mm -hmm. that way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> cool. Um, and then the melody we've got um, interesting. So we've got three semitones right in there, kind of mm -hmm. encircling that. So anything over that F major seven, and we get F minor seven. Interesting there is you could go from the A minor triad to the A flat major. Yeah. You know, that could work. But this is going to end up being a two five to the E flat. So we get two five in the relative major. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here he's done the same thing again. He's gone. Yeah, to the E flat major and then E flat minor. So it's like he does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, in the second line there, where he's going from the major to the minor mm -hmm. and a two five major minor quicker. Two five. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then that flat nine or flat two, almost a suspension on the second to last bar. Mm -hmm. You know, where he's getting that. 
Yeah, nice. Yeah, if you played like a G on that, and I played. Yeah, the rest of the major seven. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, kind of like a sus with a flat nine. Yeah. That's funny because we were just talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime I see a flat nine mm. with the chord itself, not yeah. an extension, but the chord itself, flat nine, flat two, same thing. Uh, I always think of it as a suspended chord. Yeah, nice. Because it just, yeah, it makes sense to me that way. Yeah. Um, and part of it is because the four chord of whatever key you're in is going to be the third of a flat nine. Mm-hmm. Right. So there is this cool little motion. Yeah. That you've got where you kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's. For a bass player, that makes sense. Yeah. For everybody else, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll have some bass player uh, folks joining if we don't have them already. Um, but chances are very good you're going to work with a bass player. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. You guys are the most in demand and most needed and, and wanted. Yeah. Yeah. A bass player that can read generally <laughs> yeah. works. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nice. So it's good to have some insights. Um, and really, guitarists should be able to play some bass, I would, I would say. I think so. Yeah. I think so. A little bit of piano and, and some bass. Yeah. Just to understand what's going on. Yeah. And how these things relate. Yeah. Um, there are some stories of Hendrix playing some of the bass lines on mm-hmm. some of his recordings, I think, if I remember. I think there are pictures of him. Are there really? Actually, okay. Well, you know, sitting there with a jazz bass, whether or not they're posed when he was at Ladyland or something. Mm-hmm. But it honestly looks like he was playing, and I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, you get it really helps. I also think horn players should take some bass lessons. Okay. Especially people who write for horns, horn players who write charts. Because mm. um, I don't know how many times you and I have seen, like, a bass chart for a big band, and everything's up here. Uh-huh. Everything's written up here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, why? Mm-hmm. And they're Because they're thinking, well, it sounds an octave lower than it is, so instead of, I'm thinking I want it here. Yeah. No, what they want is here. <laughs> yeah. But they're confusing it. So, yeah, if you're writing music at all, take a bass lesson. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. To understand how this stuff were written versus reality. Yeah, yeah, there was a really bright um, piano student um, in the um, college where I was going, and um, he had, like, perfect pitch and all this stuff. It's pretty pretty cool, but um, really, really excellent player, too. And um, so he was writing some things, and um, and so we were playing him, and he comes over to me, and it's like... Um, so real polite, yeah. He's like, so um, why are you playing that an octave lower than where I wrote it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I said, that's how guitar music is written, mm-hmm. you know. And actually, basses as well, right? On bass clef. Bass clef, yeah. The the note is sounds an octave lower than written, right? Because otherwise. Everything would be below the staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always feel bad for tuba players. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everything is below the staff. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's an octave down. So that you know, if you're thinking that, 
But you write that. I'm going to play that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so when I told, you know, I told him that, you know, it's like, he'll remember that for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know? And it's like, now he knows, you know. Um, yeah. That's just how, that's how we read on guitar. Like mid middle C is here on a, on a piano. Right. But, but when, when we see that middle C on a bass, we play this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just a range thing. And that's all those transposition things have to do with the ranges of the instrument and how they can get the most notes on those five lines and right. spa four spaces. Yeah, other than, you know, some guys experimented with like eight line stat staves. Yeah. And things. Yeah. <sighs> I tried reading one of those once. I, ugh. Yeah, I, I think it's hard screen. enough with a five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, if you started that way, great. But yeah, yeah, it's like reading. Um, I like. I actually like like medieval and pre baroque, mm -hmm. uh, like uh, violon consort and da gamba. I love the viol da gamba. Yeah, um, and they would write color notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's these little, there's just little notations. They'll be like this, and then they'll put something in German or something, and then a note with a color, and then, and you, and that's it. And you go, what do I do with that? And you hear somebody explain it, and it's like, oh no, that's all. Oh, they, they just give you 32 measures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're on your own. Yeah. The history of music notation is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, it went through a lot of stages. Um, you know, it kind of reached an equilibrium, I think, with the five, but it started out maybe with just one. Um, yeah, and then it was sort of relative there. up and down yeah, to it that. Yeah, was all just one note. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of went over over five and it kind of went back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, uh, and if bass players, but anybody, have a look at a book. There's a number of books about um, figured bass, mm -hmm. especially by Bach. Yeah. That'll make your eyes water. Because <laughs> I actually worked through that just to figure out how what I was hearing organists yeah. do. And yeah, it'll be like one note and then some little symbols and a notation. Yeah. And it basically means from here to here, go for it. Uh -huh. You know, you're on your own. Yeah. You, and there might be a couple, they will actually sort of write in rhythmic hits. Yeah. It's like as you're cruising along, hit, make sure you hit this. Mm -hmm. But everything between there is up to you. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rest of the part is, you know, insanity. Uh -huh. Very carefully notated. But the bass players are, you know, yeah. go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So um, just looking at the F, and like you said, having the um, to go to the, the two minor, if folks are looking for a good quick way to, to work through improvising on some of these changes. Uh, you, you could take uh, some of the key signatures and, and work work kind of in, in this direction. So you can say key of one flat, key of three flats, and then the key of five flats so that um, you can maybe manage just some of the key signatures not that you'd have to play those exact things but right but once you go once it goes to the two uh key of three flats is gonna really suit it so and then you can kind of hang on there and then um and then from there once it goes minor then key of five flats right from there right and so. then you're back to key of three flats okay it kind of goes a whole step down Whole step down, and then it kind of goes 
back a whole step up, but you're on the relative minor. Right. So key signature-wise. So here is the one place where modes actually make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, trying to trying to convey how one might think about modes is a tough thing. Um, it, it is. You know, I, I have a real issue with modes. Yeah. You know, I'm like, study it, learn it, play through all of it, get it in your head, and then never think about it again. Yeah, then, then forget it. Because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I like to talk about chord scales. Yeah. Which is basically the same thing. I think, yeah, but, but it, <laughs> it doesn't sound as painful. Um, yeah. Modes has this sort of aura around it of us know modes. Yeah. And, you know, being able to, you know, know the difference between Lydian and Phrygian. Still, nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's you know in while you're playing, does it make sense? Yeah. It? So understanding, yeah, chord scales to me, yeah, makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Because a lot of times folks will just kind of go through, and there's a, there's no like harmonic context. You kind of know have to know really where the five chord is relative to whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think. So if you're in the key of, of E flat, for example, you just kind of want to know where that B flat chord is. So if you're if you're playing from F minor, you know, kind of know where that one unique chord is, that dominant seventh chord. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's helpful. I don't know. It is. I mean, unless you're playing, you know, half diminished or diminished stuff, five is always the five. Yeah. So that's a great way to think about it. Is just. Saying, all right, that's that's my anchor tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For for the rest of it. Yeah, and um, and then there's a lot of nuance to modes um, because there's modal music, mm -hmm. um, and there's sort of chord scale kind of stuff. So you can play modal music and play something real, really wild for a period of time. That's like F major seven with a sharp five. But oh, so you're getting that. Yeah, so kind of like uh, A over F, right. major over <laughs> F or something. And then you could mess around with, you know, and then that's just like a color palette for right. for four bars or something, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so there, there's that whole context, which is sort of different in a sense than pay, playing through changes. And Very much. It, it's yeah. an actual compositional yeah, thing. It's yeah. serving a, a compositional function yeah. as opposed to a way to just describe yeah. what's going on. Yeah. And then there are periods of music where you have bebop and chords are just changing like that and and you're not going to be sitting on a pretty mode or, <laughs> or a really outside mode for a period of time here to like making those changes. Yeah, I mean when you think when I look at bebop or any of the fast yeah. stuff like stern tunes or something like that although mm -hmm. it can be a bit modal yeah. um yeah i'm thinking through you know chords relative to the key signature yeah i'm just thinking you know it's like how do i get from here to here incorporating yeah. all this mess because yeah i don't get to stop and be pretty and yeah you know you're there's rhythmic considerations yeah that are to me, actually, much more important. Yeah, especially at my end of the sonic spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. 
Um, let's see. So, um, is there anything that we want to add to this uh, tune? Uh, about it? Huh. I don't know. Get out your books. Find Miles Davis's Solar. Yeah. This is we we're looking at the Chuck Sure version today. Yeah. Seems to be accurate. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So. Volume one. volume one. Yeah. Yeah, this is volume one. Great books. If you don't have it, you can get them as PDFs. Buy them. Yeah, definitely. Buy it. Buy don't them. bootleg it. Buy it. Yeah. Because they do actually pay rights back to the composers. Yep. Yep. Not, you know, it's not a lot, but mechanical rights for publication do matter. So. Yeah, and visit my uh, Amazon store and support the channel. Oh. And uh, <laughs> yeah. get a very small uh, um, uh, affiliate commission on the books which i have i have these i believe i'll have to go back and check but um these listed on on there or visit your local local music store some of them some of, some of them yeah. have it yeah. yeah not the big box store yeah know, the one we're talking about find a mom and pop <laughs> exactly you yeah. know find find your local your local music store and see them yeah yeah so many of those are kind of kind of going, yeah. and getting bought out. There's, there's one in Westminster that I really enjoyed for a long time. Oh, and, I uh, know. That was... Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. naming names, the but... Com uh, the company that bought them kind of is creeping out. Not my favorite. Me neither. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we'll just leave it. Maybe just yeah. leave it. We'll we'll keep just, it on the positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find your local mom and pop store, little small independent stores. Um, or some places there's, you know, a small chain, might be two or three stores. Yeah. Go to them. Yeah. See them. They appreciate it. You get better service. They'll usually price match. Mm -hmm. So you can say, hey, Amazon's got this, and they'll do, yeah, okay, fine. And I'll give an exception maybe to to the role. Um, Music Go Round is a national chain. But, they're, but they are franchises. Are they franchises? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's why they're so cool, and I like them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a mile from my house. Very, yeah. very dangerous. I love that spot. I do, too. Yeah. Now, your local music around is a great resource. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of them in the country. Yeah, and they're kind of networked. They'll ship things between stores, yeah, they I think. Can, yeah, you can go to musicaround.com mm -hmm. and search, and they'll search all the stores. Yeah. And you can have it, yeah, just go from one store yeah. to the other. Yeah, useful, great stores, great prices. Yeah, I think I'll, I think they are also connected or owned by the same company as um, Played Against Sports. Yep, which is kind of a cool store. Mm -hmm. I'm and not a big sports guy, but my Plato's son Closet, has. which is a clothing store. Oh, I didn't know that. And okay. there's a kids store that yeah, there's there's a bunch of them. There's a whole bunch. Okay, yeah, they're all under the same corporate umbrella. Yeah, but they're all franchises. That's cool. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, that's going to be our uh, member video lessons and talks for um, for today. Thanks so much for watching. And do send us a comment or a question in the uh, down below. Yeah, love to hear from you. See you in the next one. See ya.